0: Sit back, relax, you got nothing to lose. What do you think I'm about to show you? The female of the species is more deadly than a male. Deadly. deadly. only can. Movie, you can say it again. Just wait till you see what I did at the end. The female of the species is more deadly than a male.
1: Welcome to the More Deadly podcast, where we review horror movies made by women-identified directors, which prove that the female of the species is more deadly than the male. More Deadly is a trans-inclusive podcast where we celebrate the work of cis and trans women, as well as non-binary filmmakers who are comfortable being included in a space that centers the work of women. I'm your co-host, Ariel, not Rachel today. Rachel had a last-minute work trip come up, so instead, I am being joined by my good friend and co-host on The Zombie Girls, Matilda. Hi, Matilda. Hi, there. Hello. <laughs> and also joining us today is the podcaster who makes horror gay, Patrick from the Screen Queen's podcast.
2: <laughs> That's me. Hi, everybody. Yeah. Hi. 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 Build up. Delighted thank to finally so- be here.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for coming. I know we've been trying to plan this for ages and we've been wanting to have you on for a very long, long time. So it's so great to have you here.
2: Yes, 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 yes.
1: One of our co-hosts on The Zombie Girls, Sarah, has actually been listening to your podcast and singing its praises for years. I'm pretty sure she's been listening almost since day one, which I know you guys started a while ago, right?
2: Oh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> when I started podcasting, my computer was made out of wood. <laughs> and it was just me, Harvey Fierstein, and the dinosaurs. That's how long I've been doing. No, it's, we're, I just, I'm about to launch my 14th year.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. 14 years. Yeah, wow. Congratulations. I'm so proud of that. That's amazing. I am. I am. So if there are people who are out there, though, that have never heard of your podcast and haven't listened to it yet, can you tell us a little bit about it?
2: Well, yes. Um, Scream Queens has been making the world a more fabulously creepy place since 2010. Um, and, every, well, twice a month, every month, I'm your guide to the weird and wonderful world of horror movies. But you are gonna have to see those movies through my very, very, very gay little eyes. And once you've seen them my way, you're never gonna see them the same way again. Basically, <laughs> I'm finding, you know, queer content in movie, movies. Movies when when I started, there was not like a queer horror movement like there is now. There just yeah. wasn't. You had to really dig for it. So that's what I did. That's how I started. And now that it's everywhere, I'm I'm kind of becoming obsolete. <laughs> but it was the first podcast <laughs> kind. It was the first podcast made by queer horror fans, for queer horror fans, and um, yeah, it's it's been a trip.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. That's so great, and I feel like the way that you do your podcast, too, because you drop in, like, pieces of the movie for people to listen to, and you're so funny, but you guys also give a ton of information on there, too. Like, I was listening to your episode on um a wounded fawn which I think came out maybe last year the movie yes
2: yes yes wonderful movie
1: yeah I saw that when it first came out and I was like "Ah, I don't know how I feel about this one but then I listened to your podcast and you guys went like so deep into the mythology of it that I totally came around by the end I was like oh my god I gotta watch this movie again clearly I missed a lot
2: Well, that's one of the other things that I, I want to start the, the podcast as well. Because when I started, when I first, okay, gosh, this is ancient history. I started <laughs> listening to podcasts way, way, way back when. We actually had to listen to them on iPods. Remember them? Yes, and, um, I do. <laughs> and I would get <laughs> angry. <laughs> because I was realizing nobody saw the movies or saw the things in movies that I saw. So it's not just, it, over time it's evolved that it's not just finding the queer in things. I'm going, okay, what's under the surface of this movie? There's always something that's like somebody spent millions of dollars. It was their dream to make this movie. It can't be just the straightforward story. There's got to be something lurking underneath that's more resonant. And there's always something there. There's always something juicy. And I love matching the right movie with the right guest who knows that kind of thing. Like, like the wounded fawn episode. Mm -hmm. Matt Knight is an expert on Greek mythology and Greek mythology is all lurking under the Yeah, it was perfect. If you don't know it, you don't get the richness of the film. So, yeah. So I just love uncovering these little mysteries.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. Because it, it really did make a huge difference to me because <laughs> I think that I am one of those people who did not know enough about Greek history and half of that movie went over my head, I think. So <laughs> So just to give our listeners a little perspective, if they haven't listened to your podcast before and they don't kind of know what your tastes are, what are some films, some horror movies that you absolutely love? That will kind of tell people what your vibe is.
2: Oh gosh, that's so difficult. My vibe is all over the place because first of all, I'm 3,000 years old. I am oh, a very... <laughs> so i like stuff from every era that guy this this little and if, I go, if you're gonna go for my favorites like for the classics like carrie has got to be top of the yeah. board for me because i can watch that anytime anyplace it has got all mm-hmm. the emotions in it mm-hmm. uh, and again that it's like opera like the emotions are at opera level so it's, i find it very cleansing like if that bucket doesn't drop at her at the on the end it's a cinderella story and every <laughs> right. time I watch, this is the reason why i love the movie every time i watch it a little part of me is going, maybe this time it won't happen. Maybe this time she can get happy. And I know she's not going mm-hmm. to, but the fact that this little part of me still wants that to happen that badly, even though I've seen it a thousand times, makes me happy. But yeah. um, I mean, I like slasher stuff. I like the, I, basically, the only stuff I don't like is torture porn. Mm. Um, I, with the, the there. One genre that I was just going, uh, even then I'll find something every now and then. that I'm going, ah, you got something else going on. But my tastes are wide and eclectic. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you can tell that from your podcast too, the kind of movies you guys cover, which by the way, you guys cover a lot of obscure movies on your Mm -hmm. podcast, ones that I've never heard of before. Although recently you did that. um, Oh shoot. What's that movie called with Don Knotts that you just, you just covered.
2: The Ghost and Mr. Chicken, that's what it's called.
1: So until that one popped up on my podcast feed and I started listening to it, I had forgotten that that movie existed. (laughs) I watched it on TV as a kid when I was sick one time, and I don't think I realized it was a real thing. Because I I watched Matlock growing up, so I loved Don Knotts, but I hadn't hadn't remembered that that movie existed until your podcast came on.
2: You're welcome. This this brain forgets nothing for some reason when it comes <laughs> right. to I'll, right. I'll take out some obscure things, but that's fun too. I also, also since my, uh, which we're gonna get into in this movie, is that uh, since my, a lot of my audience is younger, I'm always like, there's so much more in the past. Like there's so much old stuff that's great yeah. that you would appreciate. Yes. And you just don't know. You, you need mm-hmm. to expand your horizons. I'm always trying to find something new that's been hidden. Like I have a segment of the show where uh, that I call the crapshoot, where I literally pick something mm-hmm. random because I dive headfirst into that vast sea. Of direct to DVD or direct to video horror movies, yeah. it's the diamond hiding in the shit pile. And if I find <laughs> one, I'm going to share it with you. Ghost mm-hmm. uh, talking about this movie. It's ten years old. It came and it went. Nobody cared. You need to watch it. It's great.
1: Mm-hmm. And then yeah, then <laughs> <laughs> are there this. any obscure films that you think people are sleeping on? Ones that you found doing your deep dives? One hundred percent.
2: Just a few in the past year. There's a movie that's available on Tubi right now called Shock Value. Okay, it's a masterpiece. It winds up being this wonderful black humorous satire of the the underground horror movie filmmaking scene. It's about this underground filmmaker who makes horror movies, who stumbles across a serial killer in the midst of doing his dirty work and gets this idea. I'm going to blackmail him. I'm going (laughs) to – I've got evidence on him now. I'm going to blackmail him into being in my movie. (laughs) That actually sounds it's, great. Yeah, you know, and there's plans like, yeah, we'll make the movie and then after it releases, we'll say, Oh my god, we'll turn in the evidence to the police, he'll get arrested, and then everyone's gonna be talking about the movie and we'll all be famous. What could possibly go wrong? But it's <laughs> it's funny. Like it doesn't like, it changes genres like three times. Like it starts very gritty, then all of a sudden you're like, wait, this is kind of funny. Oh wait, this is really funny. Oh, I'm having a great time. I'm gonna relax. And just when you relax, it goes for your throat.
1: Ooh, okay. Well, I yeah. got to put that on. That sounds great. Totally yeah. my alley. And it's yeah. on Tubi, you said?
2: he's on Tubi. Shock value.
1: I think I know what I'm watching this weekend. That sounds yeah, awesome. Think. You know.
2: <laughs> <Fake>. Think. <laughs> and then go back to listen to the episodes.
1: <laughs> okay. Now, not to totally put you on the spot, since this is a podcast about women-identified directors and horror, do you have a favorite woman director,
2: hmm.
1: horror director?
2: That's hard to say because there's so many new ones popping up. That I'm That's finding true. these fabulous movies. I, I I'm just thinking there's so much that just happened in this last year that I covered on the show. Like I loved Ama. I loved um, uh, good the one. Australian one with, with Sissy. Yeah. There's all these, these great female filmmakers coming up that I'm really I'm hesitant to say I have a favorite right now just because there's so many new voices arising and they're telling horror stories in a new way, which I find very exciting.
1: Yeah. No, it's awesome. And Rachel and I always tell this story that like when she came to me with the idea for this podcast we sat down and we're talking about like what movies we'd want to cover and we weren't sure how long we could keep the podcast going because there just weren't enough but just in the last Mm -hmm. like two or three years there's just been this huge boom there's been so many more that are coming out every year it's really fantastic
2: it's very exciting it's very exciting I, i i like i said it's just it's fun to watch and it's also fun to watch the patriarchy freak out Yes, (laughs) Yes, get, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's I not agree. Scary. It's not. It's not giving. It's not. It's, like I'm just thinking of Sissy. We're like, that's not a slasher movie. This is not a horror movie. I'm like oh I get it. You want Please. You wanted your straight up slasher movie where we have excuses to murder sluts and you can feel okay about it. <laughs> right. You exactly. thought you were going to get that. And Sissy refused to give you that. And I think that's fabulous. I love it. <laughs> that was a good movie, for you. Too. Oh, we'll get. We'll get there. I just realized we're going to get into this topic with the movie, but it's not made for you. <laughs> <Go with laughs> right.
1: right right all right well speaking of the movie let's start to get into this so first of all for anybody who is new to the podcast our spoiler policy we eventually are going to spoil this whole movie matilda is going to take us beat by beat through what happens in this movie but first i'm going to tell you a little bit about the background on the director and the movie and then we'll give you sort of our non-spoiler general thoughts And then we're going to get into all the goodies and we're going to talk about the end. And this movie actually does have kind of a twisty twist ending. So if that is something that would bother you, you can hop off and go watch this movie. It's very very hard to find, but you can buy the DVD on Amazon if you are so inclined.
2: Well, as I said with Rachel, I've uploaded it to YouTube and there's a private link, an unlisted link. So I will share it with you. You can put it in the show notes and anybody can go and watch it there. That is perfect. And also <laughs> I realized I, I showed this to a bunch of my my uh, queer female friends mm-hmm. in a group at a birthday party and there was such a huge reaction to it as a group. I also do these watch parties online all the time. If you guys if you want to set up a date for a very Ooh. special more deadly podcast, okay the timing of this movie because something about watching it with the group changes things. And we'll get into that when we talk about the movie, but we'll, oh we'll come back yeah. Now.
1: Yes. Yeah. I can Just definitely see why it would be fun to I watch can see with That, that bunch would be a of good people. one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's get into this movie. I don't even know if I've said what we're reviewing today, but we are going to be talking about a movie that Patrick picked for us. It is called Make-A-Wish from 2002, directed by Sharon Ferranti. So (laughs) I am going to start off by saying I usually like to do deep dives into the directors, get all the information I can about their background and maybe what their inspiration was or where this movie came from. It is nearly impossible to find find information on this director she is like a ghost online but I I found out a few things I did have to read her LinkedIn profile and her thumbtack in order to get some of this information but I was able to find something (laughs) let's see so she got her MFA from the California Institute of the Arts and in 2000 she directed a short film called a thousand miles and it played at 80 festivals around the world It received the award for the 10 Best Shorts of 2000 from the American Cinematheque. And then she made her feature film debut with Make-A-Wish in 2002. And that year, it won Best and Fest at the Paris Women's Film Festival. So that's pretty cool. The sum total of what I know about the making of this film (laughs) is not very much. I know that her brother, Jay. Yes.
2: We did the soundtrack. But Ariel, Mm -hmm. I had this nightmare coming on the show oh,
1: okay.
2: like, about this particular segment that here's oh. <laughs> what i learned about make a wish and whoever was hosting, we'd just sit here in silence for like a half an hour and just-
1: <laughs> <laughs> i learned a little bit more than that but you know what this is not the first time it's happened a lot of the women directors from like the 80s who maybe made one movie and then kind of got kicked out of you know directing yeah. films also are very hard to find information about so
2: Here's it's happened thing, to a couple i covered times. i covered make a wish on scream queens a thousand years ago probably in the first mm. year that I, I did the show oh okay. and there was lots of information back then but i discovered trying oh, to do interesting. research I'm like, oh, all those blogs are gone now that's right the show they're all oh like what's okay at archive that's so and funny really because – You really got most of it, You got the gist of it. She won, she won a bunch. She got a bunch of attention for that short film, A Thousand Miles. And I saw a couple of interviews, and she's like, you know what? I've always wanted to do it. I've always wanted to make a horror movie, so we're going to make a slasher movie.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's funny that you say that about some of the stuff disappearing because I looked at the movie posters, and I went to the reviews because I thought the reviews that were actually on the movie poster, maybe I could find something there. And the websites didn't exist anymore. <laughs> They're all gone. <laughs> like,
2: They're all gone. They're all gone. And the, yeah. I, I did the same. I did the same thing on IMDb. I was going down like, oh, Village Voice. Though that's been mm-hmm. out of applications, long gone. Right. The only one left, like straight dudes who, who expected this to be a hot girl makeout movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, Don't read
2: the a straight, a straight on guy lesbian like, movie. It's depressing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's all a, right. Sharon Ferranti, Enigma.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I feel like so... this is my idea for like a like a more deadly produced horror film. Is where you and Rachel go try to find an obscure female horror mo- make oh my like, gosh filmmaker so that you haven't.
2: What possibly <laughs> yeah. wrong? Right, right, <laughs> <laughs> and we're never seen again. <laughs> yeah,
0: it would be like that documentary about like Bobby Labeling from Pentagram. You know, like where you're going uh-huh. and like trying to find yeah. <laughs>
2: Searching for um, sharing.
0: <laughs> right. Yes, yes. So, yeah, her brother
1: Jay composed the music for it, and it is considered the first lesbian slasher movie made by a lesbian director for lesbian audiences. The tagline for the movie was, everyone's a suspect, everyone's a killer, only one is a psycho killer.
2: Did you get to see the German alternate title and alternate poster?
1: No, what is that? What's the title?
2: The <laughs> I'm not German. I can say this. I love my Germans because the language is very literal and (laughs) and very direct. The title was "Lesbian Psycho" (laughs) exclamation point.
1: I did see that (laughs) "Lesbian Psycho." That's so funny.
2: By gay law, by adding an exclamation point to your title, that should automatically have made the movie a musical, but it's not.
1: That would be funny though if they it's had an, an excellent musical. point. But the tagline was
2: everyone's a psycho exclamation <laughs> <laughs> point. Everyone's a lesbian exclamation <laughs> <laughs> point. <laughs> this is the poster I saw. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it's so what, a wonderful it shot of oh, what's your name? It's 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 not Susan, but it's Monica in that, you know, the the the, the cutoff shirt muscle He but the oh, yeah. yeah do it yeah it's a yeah it's a hot okay. poster it's a great poster but it looks okay. like it's, it's it's a straight guy poster
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it looks like a grindhouse poster kind
2: of 100 like nothing a, wrong with that but yeah. it's, it's baiting the wrong audience but
0: right right
1: that's not who this movie is for uh, well for carpe sure.
2: diem carpe diem
1: boy <laughs> okay. all right so in an article that i read about the portrayal of queer characters in horror movies and whether it's okay for them to be victims or killers Sharon actually is quoted as saying, how in the world would I avoid lesbians getting killed if I did, in fact, want lesbians in the horror movie? Bring in men for them to kill? I'd really get shit then. So (laughs) I think that's a little bit of her personality, maybe. At some point in her career, she also worked as a high school theater teacher. And while there, she actually wrote a play about her experience of losing people during the AIDS epidemic. And her brother wrote the music for that play as well yeah
2: for high school kids okay Mm -hmm. all right
1: Mm -hmm. i know
2: i know (laughs) yeah it was just during that period she didn't say she wrote it for them i i just employed that okay good for her good for her
1: yeah yeah so she hasn't directed another feature film since then but she has continued to direct and do editing so she owns her own production company
2: what's up did you read about queen of hearts no what's that she made a movie called Queen of Hearts. I don't really know what it's about. It has something to do. It's a trans story. Okay. And I, th- I found them like, oh, good, Sharon made something. And I went to the website, and the website had all this information about the movie. And then it just had this whole page from Sharon saying, this movie will never be seen because oh production companies are evil. And they basically scra- whoever, whatever production company oh. bought it. And, like, you're, you're never it. showing this to anybody.
1: Oh, man. That's too yeah. bad. That's it it
2: showed once at some trans festival, and that was it. And they said, wow. you know, "No, we're, we're shelving it." That happens a lot with queer movies. Yeah, we'll get into that.
1: <laughs> we'll get yeah, into that. absolutely. Geez, well, that's a real bummer. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen that.
2: I could see why she gave up, or, or, or at least stopped. Yeah. You know, we go through that. You make a whole movie, you pour your heart and soul into it, and some production companies like, "No."
1: Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I mean it's. It's sad too that this is happening like in the early 2000s because a lot of times the directors that we cover from the 80s are the ones where the women made a movie, people were critical of it, and then they're never allowed to direct again. Nobody will give mm-hmm. them the money or the whatever to be able we to make gave a movie it. We gave
2: you your chance, Lois.
1: Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you blew it. So we
2: didn't tell anybody about your movie, but it's your fault. We didn't tell right, anybody. Right, exactly. About movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, that's one of the reasons why I picked this movie too, is that there's this whole era of queer horror, like the fledgling queer horror from yeah. this from this particular time period from the early 2000s when it was just starting to blossom when nobody was giving it any money and nobody was watching it. So it's, it, it was one company that owned all of these things. Oh, okay, right. And I don't even remember the name of it. I don't even know if they don't exist. I didn't want to Google it because I figured if I Google it, I'm going to start getting email from them again. But it was just one <laughs> company. It had all the gay DVDs, like all the romances, all the comedies, they owned all of them. And if you went there, there was no, of course, it was the early 2000s. There was no streaming. Oh, you want, there's nowhere to rent the DVD. You can buy a DVD from us for ninety nine ninety five.
1: Of course. Yeah, oh, there's yeah. There's
2: the rub. So, you know, <laughs> for 20 years, a, a lot of these movies have not made the transition over to streaming because there's no audience for them. So, they're just starting to be lost. Yeah, um, that's such I, a I, I... I was also an early, I was one of the first people to sign up for Netflix for the DVD service. And I kept mm-hmm. it to the later end because I'm learning not everything's out there on streaming. There's tons of stuff that's just not available out there. And it's I don't know so how I'm true. gonna get a lot of my movies now. But wow, wow, wow! Anyway, we got this one. This is one of the it's last depressing. movies I got on DVD from Netflix. Probably, <laughs> so I can make the copy and make it Nice. <laughs> well, you will appreciate, appreciate the, on on the
0: Yeah. <laughs> We've joked this is like the era where like there was no. There wasn't a streaming, so the blockbuster mm-hmm. like queer video section was just like 30 copies of Desert Hearts. Like just right. 30 <laughs> right. old copies. <Right. laughs> like that's all it was. 30, 30 edited <laughs> it's copies. like indie.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's Tu Wang Fu. That counts. right? Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, right. But there's, there's all these things made by actual queer people that are just not out there. Not and there. Are, are just here. Anyway.
1: Yeah. Oh. Uh, okay. Well, other than this Queen of Hearts movie, uh, she owns her own production company and she makes commercial videos for clients in Houston, Mm -hmm. Texas. And she also is a videographer for like weddings and corporate events. And she directed 12 episodes of a docu-series called Houston Fit, which sounds to me from the description like a reality TV competition show where fitness Mm -hmm. trainers compete for 90 days to win the crown of Houston's top trainer. Mm -hmm. In 2018, she married a woman named Amy Johnson, and her brother Jay walked her down the aisle. There was a whole article about her wedding. It sounded very sweet. And uh, she is actually currently working on a feature-length documentary about neuroscience. So nothing horror-related, though, sadly. (laughs) And is is
0: she Texan? Because this was filmed in Texas.
1: I believe so. The Houston
0: thing, I would assume.
1: Everything I ever read, she was living in Texas. So I'm going to guess that's true. Yeah. All right. so. That is it. That's all we know. (laughs) So now that we've gotten that out of the way, Patrick, you sort of told us why you picked this movie already, but do you have some just sort of general non-spoiler thoughts to tell our listeners to know if they should check this out or what they're getting themselves into? Okay. (laughs) Um,
2: Like I said before, it's it's more a historical curiosity because it is in fact the the first, as Ariel mentioned, Hellbent which is a movie that came out a few years later, loves to claim that it's the first gay slasher movie. Okay. Which it is. Everybody knows, all the gay people know it. It's it's a, it's a yeah. hot topic. Everybody loves the movie. It's a good movie. It's seasoned. It was produced <laughs> by the same people who made Halloween and and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. So it's good. It's a good movie. But I remember being really disappointed when I bought the DVD and watched the making of, and within like the first 30 seconds of the uh, behind-the-scenes video, every single cast member was like, and hey, isn't it funny? We're all straight.
1: Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Some of I mean, them it makes come out since, and I understand
2: period. Hollywood's a tough town, but I'm like, okay, so you're this isn't really the gay. And then I'm looking, okay, this, this is just a bunch of producers who had an idea. You're not gay. You just had an idea how to exploit the community. You right. just saw the untapped market, which I'm not complaining, but it's not really that gay. Yeah. But yeah. this was made several years before by women, by gay women, for gay women, and nobody talks about it. I said, of course they don't because
1: – Yeah, I know. It's the, wild because the, before you mention it, yeah, yeah, before you mentioned it, I had never even heard it, of it before. I'd never heard of this movie. It's
2: just crazy. It. And, I mean, because it's not a – if you're going to watch the movie, I would say watch it with some friends because you'll find something to giggle about because it's not great. But what it does have going for it, it has an interesting cast of characters that you don't normally get in a slasher movie. Like, I actually felt bad when people died in this, even though the deaths aren't great, the kills aren't great, there's no great gore, there's no great suspense. I missed people when they were gone. Yeah. And that's what I like in a horror movie. That I want to feel <laughs> something when, when, besides like relief when a character is so annoying and he's like, oh, thank God they're out of the movie. You don't get that here. And I like I like that sense of, of um respect for the ca- the characters that you don't often get in a slasher movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's really true. Matilda, what did you think?
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny. People know on this show that I'm not always a slasher fan, but I had such a good time with this one because it was so of its time.
2: Mm.
0: Like, it's literally it is just a time so of a moment, right? Yeah. That Like nipples in a spaghetti strap tank top is really a period, right? We all know you've been talking about what I said. Yeah. <laughs> um, to them. Yeah, yeah, and the characters are fun. I mean, the plot was confusing at times, which we'll get into. I have some questions about oh, private being on the payroll. Oh, believe me, I just had, I
2: just had answers like, happen. Answers. But- the Less Real makes no sense to me, but I think this time through, I finally figured it out. And I've seen this movie a thousand times. So-
0: <laughs> okay, great. Excellent. I have help questions. Us. Yeah. But I think, I, like you're saying, Patrick, I think a group watch for, of this would be so
2: fun. And-, and especially, like I said, I watched it with a group of gay women. I, talk about, I talked about earlier how I didn't see, there was no podcast that saw movies the way I saw movies, they saw this movie in a different way than I saw the movie. They were getting oh, jokes I wasn't getting. They were seeing parallels to their own lives that I don't see because I'm not a lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> that, oh, that's so that, interesting. So it was great because they, they were recognizing their friends in the movie and themselves mm-hmm. and the characters and the situations and stereotypes in the movie that get that get played upon and, and fun things like that. I, I never heard a group of women laugh louder when except for when the, uh, um, who was it, Linda goes, Oh, Bill. Oh, wait, no, what's his name? Steve. Oh, oh, Steve, I love you, and I'm straight now. They all went, <laughs> 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 No, you're not. And the woman sitting next to me goes, she's going to fuck everybody on this trip, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all know her. Like, oh, yeah, that, that girl who pretends to be straight until she's around the lesbians. Yeah, we all know her. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, the little things oh, like that. So, so funny. There's joy to be had.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, it's a micro-budget movie. The acting and dialogue aren't always great. Some of it's a little clunky. But I found myself really charmed by it. Because like you guys said, the characters are fun. And while the gore isn't great, it's like bad in a way that I find really enjoyable. So I still had fun with it. And, uh, you know, there's some parts of it where the sort of bad dialogue becomes almost awkward enough that it falls into that the room category a little bit you know what i mean where it becomes fun because of that like there's comedy in it almost
2: so i don't, I don't know like it when ladies are being bothered by people that are bothering them i find it bothersome <laughs> exactly <laughs> Oh, my God. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, and, and then there's Steve. I can go. Uh, can, how long is it? Is it? Could this podcast be four hours? Because I have so much to say about Steve. <laughs> about
0: Steve? I also have things to say about
2: Steve. <laughs> Steve. Steve, apparently. Oh, well, I was really sorry. We couldn't afford. There was no budget for a shirt for Steve. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was not. I'm sure there <laughs> wasn't. How are you? That's my contract, man. Shut up. You're out of here. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm back.
1: No, no. I just... Yeah, I think it's fun, and I think that you're right. It would be great with a group. I think that you could even do a drinking game where, like, I don't know, every time the women kiss, you take a drink. Because this movie is, like, oddly horny, too. Um, I feel like you get pretty drunk by the end of it. So, yeah, I thought that was fun. All right. We are going to get into spoilers now because, clearly, we need to talk about all the things that happened and, like, try to decode the ending. So, Matilda can you give us the synopsis? This is where spoilers are happening, everybody. So if you're not into that, you need to jump ship now.
0: All right. Yeah, I will give you like a three sentence synopsis without spoilers, and then I will get into my spoilers. Perfect. So listen to the first one, decide if you want to watch this, you want to watch this. You want to watch this yeah. and come back and cares us talk about it. And then I'll get into my synopsis. On a country road, a young woman is murdered. That weekend, six women gather for their annual camping trip to celebrate Susan's birthday. But when campers start disappearing, tensions run high and the group starts to fall apart. So that's yeah. the non-spoiler. All right, with spoilers. Perfect. And Patrick, I'm sorry, I when I write a synopsis that's long enough, I can't stop editorializing. So <laughs> I apologize. We'll get into, we can come back to any of this, but all right. <laughs> Uh, going into the camping weekend, we learn that this is an annual trip where Susan celebrates her birthday and inviting all of her exes on a trip together. We also What could that every possibly ex go wrong?
2: Dawn...
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> every ex except Dawn, her most current ex, has cheated on her, but that Susan cheated on Dawn. So here's, we're ready for drama. We first meet Monica and her new girlfriend, Andrea, who has a trust fund in a convertible Jeep. The trust fund thing comes up enough that we think it's going somewhere, but it really never does. Monica is cajoling Andrea into the weekend and Andrea is not feeling it. I am team Andrea. I'm not wanting to go to this. Next, we meet Linda, a tall blonde who is also Susan's ex and has just gotten back together with Steve, who was later referred to without incident as Macho Steve. So maybe he goes by that. Like I had an extended fantasy that maybe when he was in third grade, his teacher thought there were too many Steves in the class, and they didn't think, oh, well, I'll just do Steve B and Steve L, but rather, like, I'll just call this one Macho Steve.
2: Macho Steve? <laughs> and the then, one without a shirt, like we'll st- call him Macho
0: Steve. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, so nature nurture on the Macho Steve and the shirtlessness. It's not totally clear. Anyway, Steve is playing fast and loose with the homophobia on Linda's way out, and he doesn't appear to possess either a shred of self-awareness or a shirt that covers his nipples. Steve gets in his truck and follows Linda up to the (laughs) campground to spy on everyone because he's threatened. There's also Chloe, who's a militant vegetarian and Susan's first girlfriend. Susan invited her and didn't bring her any appropriate food. As high maintenance as Chloe is about this, I'm starting to see why maybe everyone needed to get back at Susan in a big way, because she's kind of a bully (laughs) about it. Yeah. and just left her to unpack like a giant tube of hamburger. And then finally we meet Dawn, Susan's most recent girlfriend who she probably cheated on. Dawn seems to be in a grief spin of witchy rituals that she calls self-improvement or self-love or something. Dawn dresses <laughs> like if Velma from Scooby-Doo was thrown into the Gilmore Girls universe and I kind of look oh at that even though I think we're supposed to think that she's...
2: perfect! <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> yes, please uh, yes, continue. Sorry. That's perfect. Wow.
0: This brings us to Susan herself, who we see scowling at men who do deserve it, being aggressively outdoorsy, which no one enjoys. So she needs to be clear about that, and manipulating people into mandatory hikes, which is part of the aggressive outdoorsiness. So, this, in addition to being a weekend of camping, is a weekend of eye fucking and hooking up with everyone, hooking up Very with everyone. True right <laughs> except for chloe who leaves in search of some tempeh she like gets on the bike and she's out <laughs> chloe is unfortunately murdered by a gloved pair of hands when she's a good bit away from the cabin and stops to look at a dead squirrel which did you read did you go to the very end of the credits where it says no animals were harmed and the animals that oh, were dead really? were already dead, when we're we... dead. <laughs> I, I appreciate like an ethical micro budget is an ethical micro budget, right? Yeah, like I mean, it, use what you got.
2: <laughs> the movie is ten minutes too long, so by the time the credits roll, I'm always ready to go. Thank yeah. you. And I, I, I did not know that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank
0: yeah, you. that's the very last thing you see. That's the oh.
2: that is that squirrel was like No lesbians done. were harmed either. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, yes, because the fingernails are appropriately trimmed in this. All right. Um. <laughs> hey, you
2: keep yes. on the other end. Yeah. Oh, geez. Oh. Sorry.
0: All right. So she's a good bit away from the cabin when she's when her throat is slit and we start to see the murders begin in earnest. The girls are picked off one by one. macho Steve gets caught in a bear trap and then just kind of lies down
2: and only takes to be revived
0: or something
2: and takes only to <laughs> be really resurrected and macho Steve. Waiting. Macho Steve does what macho Steve does macho <laughs> Steve Scream for help because that's what girls do.
0: <laughs> I I think Macho Steve was having a vasovagal reaction, frankly, but I think then he's revived at some point and <laughs> is, is killed. Too. <laughs> so they like sneak by him on the way to bed at some point, I think. Yeah. Uh, everybody's sneaking kisses and making out and admiring Susan's skills of at, at treeing a whole bag of garbage. Andrea is next to die <laughs> as she and Don, who are of course silly fems need to leave the hike. So that because Dawn wants to wash her pores in a dirty river, and she also wants to steal a hairbrush and cast a love charm to make Susan love her again. Even though Susan is kind of a dick who won't even eat a piece of birthday cake that
2: Dawn clearly I made know. for her and carried up there. That cake didn't do anything to anybody. It did look I kind know. of punky, but... <laughs> it's been, she'd been carrying it around the whole movie. She was, yeah. was in a box. She, 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 anyway, It's it's been a, several long car rides. It's been sitting out in the heat for two days. It's still good. It's still good. It's still cake. <laughs> it's yeah, still it's still cake. cake. And she and made it. It's very not very
0: like a Swedish mayonnaise and fish cake. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a it's cake cake. Yeah, cake. legit good looking um, cake, sure. Yeah, I think the most brutal thing in this movie is Susan saying, none for me, thanks. Like, oh, yeah. more than yeah. any mm-hmm. murder.
2: hmm 100%. Yeah. Susan,
0: eventually, yeah. after many careful glove shots, is revealed to be the killer, and she's especially upset about men watching, which is kind of a great meta burn for anybody yeah. who saw potentially the German poster of this movie and was like, I'm in. Um, <laughs> I was, when this movie was made five years out of a Santa Cruz women's studies degree, and so I could have written this speech. I know six people could have written (laughs) this speech. It's a pretty good speech. Um, When we get down to the final act, it's just Susan Dawn and a private eye who turns out to maybe be on the payroll of a psychiatric hospital. I need some help understanding this.
2: Yeah, we learn early on on that there's, there's, from the, from, uh, uh, the, the park ranger, park ranger gets a phone call that there's, oh, the, Someone's escaped. Oh, can you give me a description? Well, that that can back to a thousand people. And so we know that there's somebody in the park that's an escaped lunatic. We don't know who. And then she's like, well, I was supposed to wait here for some private detective who's supposed to come from the hospital. So, yes, you're absolutely right. He's there representing the hospital. He's supposed to bring whoever this escaped lunatic is back to the asylum. And it's Susan. And it's Susan.
0: I don't think psychiatric hospitals usually employ PIs who are like bounty hunters who know the people no. who are just going to bring you back without incident after you've killed all your friends. But,
2: you know, it's, it, it's Texas. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. things are so I mean, down there. Solid. It, point. Also, it also 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 we will get into spoilers when we get to spoilers and we talk about the ending. I'll give you what I think is going on. There. OK,
0: awesome. Oh, OK. Yeah, because he's also talking to her like it's, she's a member of his family or he's a member of her family.
2: Um or it's not he's the trying first to take her back. Rodeo. To the it's facility. not the first time at the rodeo. He's brought her in before. Oh. Something like
0: that. Yeah. That makes sense. I suspect Susan's family knew something was wrong when they heard her overacting while laughing because you really can't miss it. <laughs> um, and then at the end it was kind of all a dream but also Susan is planning to kill everyone for real and I just hope Chloe found her Tempe in the second version because she seems like the most reasonable person of anybody despite the overbiking. And then <laughs> oh, here she I am in my own
2: <laughs> Is she, though? Because she would have disrespected the cake, too. She's like, it's processed. Fuck you. (laughs) Oh, that's true.
0: You know what? And this is 2002 because she doesn't have a soy allergy. Like, that Mm -hmm. one would have had a soy allergy now, too. Yeah. It looked Um, like a chocolate cake and not made with carob, so she would have been out.
2: (laughs) Carob is a lie.
0: (laughs) Agreed. Yes. It's the greatest lie our parents told us. And my final beat is it just says overact. Susan laugh. Which does anyone want to over attempt an overacting, Susan?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right.
2: The end. The end.
1: Awesome. That was great. Thank you so much for doing. You got. <laughs> oh my gosh! Such a funny movie. All right. Time for spoilers, everybody. So, where do you want to start,
2: Patrick? Well, with spoilers, I just want to start with the whole concept of the movie. Something that it was right in the initial pl- setup. It's playing into a lot. I don't even know if it's a, a stereotype now, but it definitely was then that lesbians kept their exes close like yeah. luggage. Yep. hmm And so what I like about this movie, too, is that it's very, very, very queer. No, I'm going to take that back. It's very, very lesbian. It's unapologetically lesbian, and it's not going to walk you through what it means to be a lesbian. What? Um, I love that there's so much modern queer stuff happening, but there is also a tendency to have to like always reach out for the straight people and say, this is how we do things, or we're going to have to somebody have, explain, oh, sometimes people have hookups with strangers and do a lot of drugs, but it. it's okay. <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
2: <laughs> something, it's got to be something. But right. this is like, hi, we're all lesbians, this is how we live, keep up or get out.
1: Yeah, it's very true. It just kind of drops you in the middle of it. There's no preamble. There's no setup for no, it. Because this just, was made yeah.
2: for, at the time. This was like you said, this is only going to be made for lesbians who can afford 99.99 for right. the DVD. So this is a very select market. So if you're going to spend that much money, you know how this, this culture works. But I realized watching it with that group of women that time is that after the movie was over, a couple of them said to me, like, Oh, thank you so much for showing that. Can I just tell you it's always been, I have a secret fantasy about killing all my exes. Oh, it's the. Flip I mean, slide. I get
1: that. I guess. Well, you know, if
2: you love, it's it's like there's a song in Avenue Q, the Broadway musical. If you love someone, you want to kill them. Hmm. And so this tapped into like this, this dark side of the rainbow thing. Like, yeah, lesbians, we love. We're all about sorority and sisterhood and community, and we keep all our exes together, and we're still all friends. But there's still that little thing. I still would kill every fucking one of you. <laughs> right. I'm just choosing okay. not to. So it plays into that secret fantasy, which I think is fun, and it never says that. Yeah. It it lets the audience that's feeling that too, sitting in their own guilt. Oh gosh. Yeah, I that. no,
1: that's, that's really true. I hadn't really thought about that before, but you know, that's what super I true. think is
2: actually happening. What dawned on me this time, I think the whole movie is her fantasy. Is she's Susan's like, fantasy. She's, up, she's been up there by herself. Cause there's something that the detective says when he comes up, he's like, but well, she's like, cause everyone's gone. She's like, well, what about this person? That He's like, who are you talking about? Implying that she's the only one there. And I realized, oh yeah, all the tents are gone and there's no trace right. of anybody else ever being there i don't think anybody else was ever there
1: yeah so we get the the whole movie is like her fantasizing about killing them and then at the end when we see her like come to them again that's not even real either
2: no no i think that's real like okay now i've been here i've been here for three days i've been fantasizing about about that then everybody shows up for real and it's like is this gonna happen or is it not gonna happen am i gonna kill you right i don't know the movie's over (laughs) i feel like with that cackle she's definitely going to kill them
1: but But you never know but yeah i like so much about this movie about just the way it was filmed like the even the styling of the women it just feels like a lot of movies from maybe in like earlier decades than the earlier 2000s but even in the early 2000s it's like if you had a lesbian on screen they were going to be there to titillate straight men and so the way that they were dressed and, you know, big boobs and short skirts and stuff like that. Um, big where nails. Here, yeah. Right, exactly, right. exactly. Here it's the total opposite. Like it feels much more grounded in reality, you
2: know. What I love uh, about this movie too is the character of Monica. Mm. Uh, Monica, who... I don't know if this is even appropriate anymore, but I'm, I'm using this in 70s terms because that's where I grew up. I grew up in the 70s. Sure. She's dyke of the group. She is, and yeah. I'm not using that in an insulting way. That is her look. She is the classic dyke. And she's proud of it and good for her. She is the most sexually free of all of them.
1: That's very true. So
2: and everybody this, wants at, to sleep at, with her. Both <laughs> the yeah. and she's the one driving the sexual energy throughout the whole movie, but she is so not the type that you would see in a straight guy lesbian movie. She's just... Yeah very small bust very tight hair she looks like jane weedlin from the go-go's which i'm all for i think (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. not what you would see no because it's like there's no makeup
1: they have toned arms the Mm -hmm. boobs are smaller it's like maybe they're not wearing bras but they don't have you know what i mean
2: yeah it's totally it's totally a different very flat she's very flat not to be rude but she's got mosquito bumps great they're beautiful i love them yeah (laughs) Yeah. you don't you don't see that in movies at all any ever 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 in any movie just to see that was cool i'm like look at that good for you show them off yeah 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 i I totally agree
1: i know i know it's almost like shocking just because you never see it and i feel like even in 2023 you don't get that many movies where like they nail the look
2: you know which made it confusing in the actual love scenes because, like, you're, you're getting lots of close ups and they're clearly boob doubles because you're never seeing any and boobs in the sink. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm not, I'm, everybody's really ample. In, yeah, like, what happened here? Got of puppets of love, everybody's got very ample <laughs> boobs, but we've seen her as twice, and twice. I don't care. It's all because it's all fantasy anyway. It's all right. in the head. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Oh my but God. Yes. I felt true. like, like, super cuts of like the Lady Chatters Lee's lover I could see on Cinemax. <laughs> As a child, it's kind of like cut in. It is sort of like it had kind of that vibe to it.
2: <laughs> yeah. And also, the sex scenes are not filmed the way a guy would film a sex scene either. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really yeah. up close. All about
2: and caressing and intimacy in and touching and things like that, mm-hmm. and not about pounding.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Or it's total which isn't a thing anyway, but it is a <laughs> movie. <laughs> it's very true. Oh my
1: gosh. Yeah. I think, honestly, I think that part of it is the best part of the whole movie. And, other than it just kind of being fun and enjoyable to watch i feel like the realism there really shines through and it just is like another example of why you need different types of people making movies because we got this and this like version of lesbians being more realistic because there was a lesbian making the
2: movie you
1: know
2: i, I, I for what i understand a whole lesbian cast too so there's realism in it i'm sure they're both most of them are mm-hmm. playing themselves so, yeah. And I yeah. love that. It, there's, a, there's an ease to the movie. There's an ease with the characters. They feel like they're longtime friends, even though, or at least it's a re- relationship. And I would have to say, I think, because I've spent a lot of time in the past couple days thinking about this kind of relationship and how mm-hmm. awkward this kind of camping trip would be. It's not just that it's your ex, because here's the thing. I do have an ex who might as well be a lesbian because he has also collected all of his exes and we're all, he's all very close. And uh-huh. every now and then he'll have a function and he'll invite all of us. And they're always the most awkward evenings because he'll freak out because all of his exes are in the room, and we all have one thing in common, and it's him. So every time somebody breaks off to go talk, he's like, "What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Stop talking about?" It. Like, well, of course, we're talking about you, which is the talking only about? thing we have. Right. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I started thinking there's also something creepy about that too, because there's that whole adage, you know, what they used to, that they taught you in high school: um, when you have sex with somebody, you're having sex with everybody they had sex with too. Right. So there's this weird forced un what's the word i'm looking for uh, intimacy that you didn't ask for that you didn't authorize that you didn't give consent to like technically we yeah have, that's true technically we've all slept with each other and yeah. that's great right. Right.
0: right right and in small <laughs> community there's like forced extended intimacy right and this kind of gets at the horror of that forced extended intimacy in small community yeah yeah and they're all out in the woods Together. Like there's no going anywhere, you
1: know. <laughs> they're just all there. Which by the way, the hiking scene made me laugh because they're getting so tired, but it looks like they're just walking through a park. You know what I mean? <laughs> like this is not a hard hike. Guys.
2: The geography <laughs> of this film makes no sense. Things that are <laughs> really far away from the camp aren't really far away from the camp, or maybe they are. I know, but then I realize it's all a dream anyway. It doesn't matter. It's a magical forest that we're in.
1: Right, right. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. guess when you look at it, Susie's
2: dream dream camp.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. oh yeah and i mean i even liked some of the kind of visual references to like friday the 13th the fact that
2: you get the killer pov shots it's just fun i don't know so my favorite character in this by far is dawn Mm -hmm. i adore dawn she's a sweetheart Um, she's a sweetheart and she's an awkward sweetheart she's so awkward like they give that awful line that keeps getting repeated because she's a she's 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 a wiccan Mm-hmm. And she keeps trying to do love charms or spells to get rid of the bad juju or whatever's going on in the camp. And she keeps getting caught, and people will start making fun of her. They're like, oh, you're doing another ritual, Don." She's like, it's not a ritual. It's a, oh, it's not a ritual. It's a, wait, wait what's it? A ritual. Uh, it's, a, it's a healing ritual. <laughs> a healing ritual. It's not funny. <laughs> but it kind of is. <laughs> She's so adorable. When she does it every time and she's so embarrassed that she does it every time that it works. Mm -hmm. She's got some of the great moments of realness in this. We mentioned the cake thing before which I'm sure we'll come back to but she's got a moment where where, where Susan has pulled some bullshit and Donna stormed off and Susan goes to find her and she has this whole thing like I keep asking why did I come up here? Why did any of us come up here? Why do we do this every year?
1: Right and she gets really angry and like even throws the cake in that scene because she's so pissed and it's like Yeah, because, you know, she's saying, Susan, everybody cheated on you. It was terrible. And then you turn around and you cheat on me.
2: Except me. Why are you treating me like shit? I'm the only one who is nice to you. Eat my cake. Right. I'm going to throw it in your fucking face. Good for her. Good for you, Dawn.
1: Yeah. There's kind of a cruelness in that, you know?
0: (laughs) I love her. I love, what is she lighting the cake with? There's some kind of like... um like a mix between like a rifle with ribbons on it with an aim and flame on the end that she's lighting the cake with that I think is maybe part of the ritual. I was into it.
2: Yeah. I was ready I'm to do sure it. I'm sure it's just your standard lighter, but it was bought at the Wiccan stores. so they put some ribbons and bows on it. It's, it's a magic lighter now. Okay, she bought some, she please oh. everything. because Dawn, Dawn's are probably an easy sell. Yeah. Store,
0: right. She's an, she's an easy mark.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, she's got this big part. Of course she is. Of course she is.
0: Yeah, she's like trying so hard to set a boundary when we first see her. She's like, I don't want to come. I don't want to come. You feel bad for her, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And everybody, I feel like, is more dominant in personality than she is. And so she kind of gets stepped on a little bit by everybody, you know? Yeah. Okay. Can Um, we get into shirtless guy?
2: (laughs) Here's something that I discovered. The reason why I wanted to find my research from last time is because I said, this fact is so out there. I want okay. to verify it. I thought it would be on IMDb. I thought maybe that's where I got it, but it's not. Oh, okay. whoever they had originally had playing Steve couldn't do it. Dropped out last minute. Oh, it's an emergency replacement, and apparently they found this actor outside of a Walmart. <laughs> oh, interesting. And it was him, or the movie wasn't gonna get made. Okay, so, that fact, makes more sense. <laughs> so it explains a lot about like you really don't fit here at all. Like yeah. the wrong for him. Like he should be. I don't know. He's playing it wrong. Like he's not mean enough in that scene at the beginning. Like the yeah. lines are mean, but he's not delivering the mm-hmm. mean. So you're getting the weird thing. I'm going to, and the the Yanni hair and the no shirt. I'm going. What what's happening here? I don't know what's going on with you. So yeah, he was terrible. They knew he was terrible, but he was all they could get.
1: Right. Like they had to do it, and so they just went with him. I I totally get that. I mean that I feel like that actually.
2: Like, clarifies something for me. Right.
0: So, so, now I have fun. questions about whose choice the shirtlessness was.
2: Something tells is me, like, is? something tells me in my mind, if I'm picturing who Linda was married to based on the lines and based on the fact he comes out shirtless and based on what he treats other women, like, you had like a real, in fact, it's sex, the real redneck brute, you know, you know, always drunk in a, in a, in a, in a white beater t shirt, right. that sort of a thing. So, I'm, I'm seeing like, yeah, that this come, come, be you a know, big burly barrel-chested dude who is following her around while she's trying to leave, pack up the car. It that look. Yeah. You know, older, balder, bald, bully. And since so we yeah. get him, and now get I was like,
1: Bob. <laughs> right, he's a little too soft-spoken to pull it off, you know?
2: He's not, like, I didn't even know there was now. a threat, he was considered a threat until he showed up at the, the campground Yeah. On. <laughs> <laughs> His performance is, is, is quite fun when you realize they picked him up at a wall. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> well I, bless his heart he's trying he's trying but he's wrong for the role i mean he is and it's just miscast it's not his fault
1: right i feel like some of his scenes are the ones where it starts to feel like the room a little bit because it
2: is the hair it's the hair it's the hair hair.
1: (laughs) he's kind of like if geico like caveman shaved yeah (laughs)
2: yeah Uh, you know he smelled like axe you know we use the axe body spray oh my gosh of course
0: yeah Yeah, I'm just picturing them going to make the final run at Walmart for supplies of, like, everything that's going to be on, like, the camp table, like the tube of hamburger and that kind of stuff.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Also getting Steve on the way out. The (laughs) best hamburger comes in a tube. (laughs) 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 Uh, But even the scene where he shows up, he's got a great scene with Susan (laughs) and the parking lot with another actor. It's not bad. The lines are great. And she's great in the scene where where they're confronting each other about Linda. And that other hunter shows up and has to intercede. and That's where we get the "I don't like it" when ladies are being bothered by people who are bothering them. It <laughs> bothers them. But that much besides, when the guy's trying to break up this fight between them, he goes, "Is she your girlfriend?" Right. And both Steve and Susan go, "Fuck no!" <laughs> I know. They're both so <laughs> indignant about it. It's great. That was my first big laugh of my. This movie knows what it's doing yeah because again that was what i watched by myself when i saw it with the women at the birthday party for with my lesbian friends yeah about three people in the room all went fuck no at the same time like, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's funny it's like the same line that's so funny
2: <laughs> yeah
1: oh my gosh i also liked when he was burned by the killer i thought that was fun because there's like this point where his neck is just like smoking you know <laughs> It doesn't look the, fabulous, but I think some of those moments are good. And
2: the killer destroyed his most precious commodity.
1: Oh, right. His, his, beautiful,
2: his beautiful belt, chest belt. <laughs> <laughs> He's very proud. <laughs> <laughs> listen, oh listen, do you think we're made of money? you think we could afford buttons and a shirt? Right. No, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> it's Steve, man. It's still, it's Macho Steve.
0: <laughs> I mean, they made the right choices because I feel like the early two thousands, like net half shirt, like half net, half half mm-hmm. shirt on the women were
2: perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Like a little dragon
0: right here, like a little tiny dragon, <laughs> Susan. Yes.
2: <laughs> um, okay, I just this is some of my favorite things about the movie. One of the other things yeah. that I felt great. This is just incidental dialogue, and I only caught it for the first time this time through. This, okay. They're fussing around doing dinner stuff, and somebody goes, "Oh my gosh, is Michelle? Yeah, Michelle is the first girl that was the early kill, like the opening kill, before anybody gets to get. Where's my? I wonder where Michelle is. She's gonna miss the salad course. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, "Shucks!" <laughs> but then I had a, I had a memory. Okay. Years ago, I'm at Hillside Campground, which is a gay campground. And, you know, I'm up in the mountain and it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful moonlit night. The stars are outrageous. And I'm just looking out over the entire scene and it's idyllically quiet. And I was like, wow, this is the life. This is gorgeous. This is fantastic. And all of a sudden, there's this ear piercing shriek, a scream of horror, followed by, oh, Fuck, I've ruined the tiramisu. Fuck, 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 fuck. I'm like, oh, that's right. I'm at a gate camping.
1: Oh my God. I love that someone was making tiramisu in the woods. That's amazing. The woods.
2: <laughs> S'mores
1: are like the most complicated thing I've ever made in the woods. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, fuck. I missed the salad course. <laughs> oh. Fuck. fuck. And Chloe probably like there was a salad course. I just rode 30 miles back to town. <laughs> Why didn't nobody offer the salad course? That was meat salad. Right, meat salad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: sorry it's a cob salad you can't have it oh my gosh that is so funny tiramisu i love that
2: <laughs> but i think, I think something that we were, we were talking about i think one of the things that i oh, this is coming at it from a modern perspective if i were to remake this movie i think it would yeah. be a lot stronger if we lost the Who It aspect and if we knew it was susan the whole time mm. because you can, i can see what's going on here once i realized it's a whole wish fulfillment thing that she's got them all up here and all the asshole things she does is to bring out the worst in people and to pit them against each other or to hook each other up. Yeah. As a test. Like I'm gonna put I'm gonna keep leaving you two alone to see what happens.
1: That's true. She does that a lot
2: where she I like goes far. Yeah.
1: Oh, I didn't even and think about that. But it yeah, it would be interesting if you knew her motivation ahead of time and you kind of got, you know, peaks of it throughout the movie. That could be kind of cool. Because yeah, the the who done it aspect, I feel like the first time I watched it. I was thinking that they were trying to make us think that it was either Dawn or Chloe, you know, because like Dawn is the kooky one. And they're kind of making it seem like she's jealous and she wants Susan back. And she's too nice. And she's too nice. And she's getting walked all over. So, you know, she would be the one to be killing or Chloe because she disappears, you know. So, of course, she could be doing it.
2: Or it's that squirrel.
0: Or the squirrel. Yes, of course. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Or the ranger, who I read as the other queer character in this movie, I was oh, kind of like, movie? oh yeah, yeah. I liked the it was, little, like misdirecting like, the PI. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And even That's just the like other I went. the like little interaction she has with Steve, where she's clearly like over him and annoyed from the get-go. I love that
2: <laughs> permit, Dick.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you want to be here? Give me that goddamn permit.
2: <laughs> oh fuck, it's macho Steve. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> Steve. Don't you see my big pectorals? <laughs> right. <laughs> one of the other things that I just... i Sorry, I'm jumping all over the place. but um. No, go for it. One of the other things that I, I like about the movie is that it plays with not just queer stereotypes. Every now and then we mentioned it's got the slasher movie stereotypes, but then they flip them to make them mm. queer. One of the biggest laughs when I first saw it, when I saw it with my queer lady friends, was when... I forget what happened. Like somebody, like they're, they're all sitting by the campfire, and Linda gets up and like, "Where are you going?" She's like, "I'm going composting." Everybody lost their minds. Right? Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's the equivalent of when, um, like, any character in a Friday the Thirteenth is like, "I'm going to, go swimming. Who wants to go dipping?" Yeah, except for right. composting It's a lesbian horror movie. That's what we do. <laughs> yes. And the fact that a character Compost. got composted yeah, is hilarious yes the that monica compost that's that that's an organic <laughs> lesbian way to go i like that yeah, I no
1: that is that is really true like a way yes. to get you away from you know everybody else and on your own so you can be killed and and then just the fact that they spent so much time like you were saying matilda during the synopsis on that garbage bag like that scene is fairly <laughs> extended for just like throwing stuff away you know
2: <laughs> they also know their is like oh yeah, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more. Tell us more. <laughs> Tell us more about how long it's going to take to break down. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> well, but, and but everyone is suitably impressed with Susan tying the compost up. Realistically, everyone's like, "Fucking oh, oh, right, a good
2: that's idea, just, yeah, yeah. great yeah. job." Yeah. Well, I mean, it <laughs> yeah, necessary because it, it's Chekhov's composting bag because it's coming back in Act Three. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yes, it is. There's going to be a dead body in it, so <laughs> we need to know it's there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. They did have to have that set up. <laughs> oh, gosh. I was just thinking about the fact that because we learn at the end that, like, none of the stuff actually happened. It's just a fantasy of hers. That even that scene where she's saying, like, she's trying to wake up Monica and whatever Monica's girlfriend is called, Andrea. Um, Andrea. The and she, like one? yeah Yeah, andrea andrea yeah so she unzips the tent and monica kind of sticks her head out and she's clearly like naked and you know she's like can you see more and at first she won't show her anything and then she does and i it's just it's funny to think of things like that as just being pure fantasy that like that's as far as it goes because she's not in any of the scenes where she's having sex with somebody or kissing any of the women the most action she gets is seeing a boob you know even though it's her fantasy
2: no, she makes out with Linda a bit. No, but no, she doesn't. No, oh, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. She almost, she almost hooks up with Monica, Monica at the very does. beginning.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. But again, it's all,
2: it's all part of the test. It's All part of the test. Yeah. Testing you. Yeah. yeah. So letting you know that this avenue is open. The... You're gonna fall for one of us.
0: hmm Yeah, she's just trying to stir the pot too, right? Because she'll wind up right. Linda, and then Linda will attack somebody else.
2: Because mm-hmm. yeah, Linda's not going home until she's fucked at least two people here.
0: No. Yeah, she cannot go really
2: back honestly, to Steve definitely, I can go back to Steve now. Definitely go back to
0: Steve <laughs> now. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, can either of you tell me, I kept trying to figure out which DVD cover, like which classic horror DVD cover, the the scene where Monica and Andrea are having sex in the tent and you see like from outside the tent, the shadow play thing against oh, the yeah. tent. that did seem really familiar. Do you know what I'm shadow, talking about?
2: Shadow puppets of love. I don't know. It seems like it's a lot of 80s covers. I can't yeah. think of a specific one.
0: Hmm. Yeah. It was driving me nuts trying to think huh. of it when I was like, I've seen this before. I've seen this before.
2: I'll think of it at four a.m. I'll call you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Excellent. The yeah, shadows were the entertaining though.
2: Like
1: when they're when they're having sex and like the the tent just keeps getting like pushed out, you know? And then everybody else just having to like sit there and listen to
2: them. Um, <laughs> oh, I
1: do love that. noise. Yeah, oh, I, I, I had, had
2: Yeah, I had I had a flashback watching that scene because I worked at the Renaissance Fair, New York Renaissance Fair a thousand mm-hmm. years ago. And when you work there as an actor, you have the option of driving home, or you could camp on the site for the weekend. Of uh-huh. course, the only thing to do is camp on the site. And I remember we discovered that night, my first night there, I'm like, "Oh, this is why you don't have sex in the tent and keep the lights on, because now you're casting shadow puppets of love, and everybody's watching." <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I got to knock on my tent. Like
1: <laughs> that is so funny.
2: We all hear it anyway. We might as well watch. <laughs> <laughs> if you're dumb enough to leave the like it's like i mean it's that that jokes in every Mike and every uh, austin powers movie and it's oh that's true right. yes it's one of the Not everything <laughs> oh, no. should we oh, tell them no we'll tell them
1: all. <laughs> oh that is so funny
2: you're dumb enough to.
1: <laughs> yeah this movie i don't know like i don't have a ton of really deep things to say about it because i i don't know that there's like a ton under the surface it's i just incredible. think it's fun and it's cool that this ever got made to begin with you
2: know yeah i agree yeah. I, I like it because the, i mean it is cheap and it is, it is nothing special but it does have moments where it just rings yeah. and it's not yeah. necessarily the horror parts it's not necessarily the scary parts it's not the plot it's not high drama but just every now and then i went that moment was real and i like that that captures mm-hmm. something. it's the composting um, yeah yeah well
1: that's the realism Yeah. And, and, you know, even like the first awkward moment that happened that I was like, oh, I think this movie is going to make me laugh. There's this scene where I think it's Susan where she like takes off her sweatshirt and then Monica like awkwardly touches her shoulder and says, very nice. Mm -hmm. And this like weird (laughs) voice. And I was like, this is so (laughs) like dumb and awkward. I want to see where this movie is
2: going.
0: You know, do we know if the cast are friends? It's like, like know each like other they outside
2: was, I, I don't, know. don't know. I really don't know. I mean, no, none of them really worked much. They all they all did a bunch of mo- like movies and short films at about the same time. And that was it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Like if you go on IMDb, I think Andrea, the woman who plays Andrea is like the only one who even has a picture on there. Yeah. She was on Law and Order once. And that was better. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they all, you know, went on to do other things other than acting, I guess. But good for them. But, yeah, but a lot of times with these micro-budget films, like, people just get their friends to be in movies or, like, somebody you went to school with or whatever. Like, a lot of times they're, like, film
2: school buddies or, you know, something. So it's it's entirely possible. And if that's the case, they did a good job casting. This This cast is fine. There's no, I mean... I. I mean, there are some issues like with like with with Mike with Macho Steve and yes. you know the, some of the supporting cast. There are moments that aren't great, but for the most part, I'm buying everybody. I buy this relationship. Mm-hmm. I buy who you
1: yeah. are. Yeah, yeah, because there is like yeah, a I familiarity the there. Yeah, and a, and mm-hmm. a likability to the characters, but also like I feel like some of the awkwardness works because it's a little bit awkward the
2: situation they put. Well, it's themselves incredibly in. awkward. It's yeah. incredibly awkward. I think somebody even says at some point they're like, well. I mean, as long as it doesn't wind up like last year where we all tried to kill each other. <laughs> guaranteed that happens every year. Like right, guaranteed the first night's great, but by the time you bite, any that's like that. I'm sorry, it's like that with gayster. I'm just thinking every like fire Island, fire on a weekend that we're going with a bunch of guys. <laughs> Everything's great on Friday night by Sunday. We're uh-huh. like fuck out of here. <laughs> right, all the But
1: then next year it comes around and you've forgotten about that part. And you just remember yeah, the fun yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: Close contact that for long periods of time is not fun. So uh huh. Fun for a while, but yeah.
1: All right. So before we end the show, would you guys recommend this one?
0: Yes, absolutely.
2: I would give it a cautious recommend. You have to know what you're <laughs> on for. I mean, I mean, it's yeah. not, it's not for everybody. If if anything that we said rings for you, if, it, if you said, "Hey, that's something it might be fun," then you should see it. If you I know mean, that it's li- the limitations of what you're getting, and that it's not a perfect film, and that the ends a little bit wonky. <laughs> and that you should right. see it with. We should see it with some friends who are queer.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. That would be a great and, and maybe have like a drink or two while you're doing it. I feel like that would make this movie more fun. But yeah, I think if you just went into this movie totally blind, you might be disappointed because it's there. It's not perfect. There are imperfections here for sure, and it's very low budget and very you know early two thousands. But I do think there's kind of a lot to love too. Weirdly, and I was charmed by it. Yeah. So. I don't know.
2: I would give it a go. And also, like, you can't have this queer feminist horror movement now without right. movies like this. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, these yeah. movies walked so that you could run. These, these women paved the way. And I mean, like, we, we can make fun of Sharon Ferranti as much, as much as we want. Or, like, make fun of the movie as much as you want. She did something that's never been done before. Ever. Yeah. 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 It's super impressive that she made this movie at all. She could have yeah. done anything. With mm-hmm. the money and the notoriety that she got from winning all those film festivals with her first film. And she chose to make a slasher movie for queer people, yeah. which had not been done before. Yeah, That's a huge risk. That's a huge gift to the world, to our people. And it should be appreciated for that. Like, and it, great is not perfect. It's not wonderful. But you know what? It's the first time. It's the first time. You're going to stumble. You're going to fall. They, You learn from things. Like I said... We learned something that it would be a better movie if we knew it was the key. If she was the killer the whole time, we saw her plotting and me- doing the mechanisms. They didn't know that at the time because there wasn't a blueprint, right? For We're right. les- not just a queer horror movie for a lesbian horror movie. Although I have to say, the lesbians are doing a lot better with queer horror these days. There, there's just a lot more representation. Yeah, there is.
1: There's yeah, there's more every yeah. year. I feel like, and,
2: oh, I and you're right. I just meant among the queer groups, like uh-huh. transgenders, and, and like le- the the stuff that's coming out for le- made by lesbians is. Yeah. Uh, um. Superior. i just, but there's much more of it. I, I'm struggling to find stuff made by gay men.
1: Oh, that's really interesting. I see. I wouldn't have guessed that, but I think that's really cool. I or mean, not that I there do, are
2: movies by gay or men. Or if I do, like, not all. Of this not all of them. There's, there's these exceptions to the rule. They're going by the same old tropes that you know they were doing 20 years ago. That it has to be a lot of beefcake.
1: Okay. Gotcha. And, and
2: every, mm-hmm. it's, everything's got to be sassy and and quippy. It's not real. Yeah. Um, not, not, but there's, there's exceptions to the rule. Like they're playing the stereotypes, mm-hmm. not in a way that these women play the stereotypes. These they played it,
0: at... yeah, right. And this it, is like it, inside it, baseball in a way that's great, right? Like, given who the intended audience is, at this baseball. yeah,
2: base, baseball, baseball. You just do sports on a gay man. I didn't,
0: <laughs> you lost him,
1: Matilda. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Some stereotypes are true, okay. I know nothing about sports. <laughs>
1: But yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, I think that as horror fans, like horror nerds are constantly talking about the first of something, the first movie that did something. And even if they're not perfect, like really celebrating those kind of building block movies. And this falls into that category for queer horror. So even if it's not a perfect film, it's interesting to see kind of the starting point.
2: Also, I just realized, if I may go off on a slight yeah. rant, tangent, go for I realized some of you out there are going to be mad at me because to say, Patrick, that's not the first lesbian horror movie. The Slumber Party Massacre was. Oh, gotcha. Technically, you're correct. But this, because, I mean, uh, yeah. one of the things that always drives me crazy, too, like I said, but when I see things in movies that people don't talk about or see, when they talk about, so often when they talk about the Slumber Party Massacre, they say, and it was written by Rena Mae Brown, who was a famous feminist of the 1970s. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're leaving out the important part of that statement. She was not just a feminist. She was a radical lesbian feminist. She was yes. a radical lesbian feminist. She's the founder of the radical lesbian political party. So you were leaving out a huge mm-hmm. chunk of who she is and what this movie is about. And I, everybody talks about how it was supposed to be a comedy. Mm-hmm. But, they, but they, um, they chickened out. I think it was supposed to be a lot more lesbian. There's a lot of coded lesbianism, and there's a lot of things that are still there echoing. like yeah. It's more about that. There's there's something about the relationship between the two girls, the girl that's having the party and the girl that wasn't invited.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, Can the we, looks that they give each other, like when they're in the locker room, it, these kind of like long looks, absolutely like queer coded. And I think that when you read like interviews with Rita Mae Brown, where she's kind of talking about the unfortunate way that like she believes her script was changed for the worse. It feels to me like she is also alluding to that too, that a lot of what got Mm -hmm. cut out was the lesbian content. Yeah. My
2: favorite Easter egg in the whole thing. You really have to know your queer history Mm -hmm. Get this. The other thing that Rita Mae Brown is famous for is being a writer. Yes. And back in the seventies, she wrote a book called juicy fruit, no juicy, juicy fruit uh, jungle. Ruby, 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 jungle juicy, knew, yeah, Ruby fruit jungle. I know Ruby fruit jungle. Women studies major. Do <laughs> so you know that it was the first bit of lesbian erotica to crack the New York Times bestseller? Yes. Yep. There was a copy of Ruby fruit jungle. Oh. Okay. The girl who's having the party's night stamp. Oh.
1: That's cool. Her parents I are I away, I it. and
2: she got a book out of the library that she's not oh, supposed to have. She's exploring her by she's exploring her sexuality. You wouldn't know that, but this little things like that um yeah but they backed so yes it is but they backed away from it they hit it they're not so now i'm gonna say no it's not it's the first it's the first closeted lesbian horror movie
1: yeah that's a good way to look at it because i i yeah this one definitely should be named as the the first one that really went there yeah yeah awesome okay (laughs) so great so okay we recommend this one you go check it out i well not me because i don't do this stuff rachel We'll put the link in the show notes so that you can watch this movie. I will also drop the link on Discord at some point before this episode comes out, so that our Patreon members can watch it there. And uh, you can also go onto Amazon and buy it for about fifteen dollars if you want the DVD before it disappears, because it kind of seems like that's what's happening these days.
2: Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody's going to stream this. It's going to be uh, this yeah. It's going to be um. What's the word I'm looking for? Out of print. Analog? Yeah. Mm. It'll be out of print mm-hmm. real soon and because nobody's clamoring for it anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Analog. All right. So I do not have any listener mail this week because Rachel does that and I don't have access to her email account. So <laughs> uh, we're just going to skip that part. But if you do want to write into us, if you have seen this movie and you want to tell us about it, you can write to us at rachel at zombiegirls.com, or you can come chat with us on the Zombie Girls Facebook page. Or if you want to talk to me directly, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and threads at ZG Podcast, and you can drop into my DMs there. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. That would be awesome. It really helps out the show. And if you want some merch, you can go to tpublic.com slash zombiegirls and get it there. And our Patreon. Matilda and I are going to do a little extended episode for you today. We don't know exactly what it's going to be. We're kind of going to wing it this week, but uh, we usually have really great content on our Patreon. You can join there at patreon.com forward slash zombie girls. And I think that just about does it. I probably forgot something because Rachel usually does this part and uh, I'm missing her right now, (laughs) but uh, Patrick, can you tell our listeners where they can find you on social media and where they can find your podcast?
2: Well, absolutely. The easiest thing to do is to go to www.screamqueens.com. But the thing is, you must remember is that it's Queens with a Z, like Liza. That's a joke for the gay people get. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Liza Minnelli joke. Yes. But it's Scream Queens with a Z. I'm on uh, Facebook at Scream Queens uh, where hard gets gay. And I'm on um, Instagram at Scream Queens podcast. And that's all with Z, 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 Z. Yep.
1: Yeah, easy to find anywhere you get your podcast. And by
2: the way, you don't have to be queer to listen. It's not one of those no. you're going to feel excluded. But like everybody's always welcome. And like Ariel said earlier, I'll take you places which that movies have already seen that you and make you see them in a different way. It might not be gay, but I'll mm-hmm. take you someplace you're not expecting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Whether you like it or not? <laughs> Every <laughs> episode, you have, like, different guests, and you're very funny. So if you like to laugh and also listen to people talk about horror movies, you should get on that subscribe right away so you don't miss anything.
2: Thank you. Uh, season 14 is about to launch. It'll be launching in the middle of September. And something that I'm exploring this year is doing um, compare and contrast, because now there's so much queer horror out there, things that are doing similar themes. I'm like, well, mm. what compare and contrast a few things. So we're kicking things... That. With some light, some lighthearted fun, we're okay. gonna do it with, with the gay, co- the gay uh, conversion camp slasher movies that came out. Ooh! Uh, they slashed them. The big budget. They slashed them, yep. starring Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. And a little an independent one uh, called Children of Sin, directed by Christopher Moore from the Homos on Haunted Hill podcast.
1: Oh my gosh! I did uh, not realize yeah. that. Oh, that's so cool! I had no idea that's who directed that.
2: Very yeah. cool. Yeah, he's he's done several movies, and he, 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 he does okay. very nice work. But how will it compare to they slash them? You'll have to listen. <laughs> awesome!
0: I just finished uh, Camp Damascus, the Chuck Tingle book that's also about queer conversion camp and is Right, it's great. It's great. Here's
2: the—I I'm so happy that I finally met someone who actually read a Chuck Tingle book because I've always wondered: Are they books? Are right, because yes. they come out so quickly? Or are they just great titles? <laughs>
1: Yeah, so Camp Damascus is actually his first book that he didn't self-publish. It's It's like through it's Uh, a little bit different. different. It's like a real novel. But we actually read one of his quick-release erotica books. Pounded in the butt by my own butt in a butt cupcake. Yes, exactly. This one was about dinosaurs and like uh, sentient motorcycles and such. Uh, We read it it for Harry Potter. It was the trans Harry Potter takeoff.
2: Yeah, that old that old story. Sure. <laughs> but uh Psycho, it's actually, just, cycle dinos, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Dino yeah. dino cycles, yeah.
1: But you know what? I thought it was going to be just sort of ridiculous, quickly put together kind of nonsense. But the story was actually very sweet. And he's kind of playing with different tropes in romance movies and oh. and kind of breaking the fourth wall. So I don't know. I think it's worth like checking out, you know
2: thank you for saying that because it's one of those things that i'm like i don't know if i want to buy one yeah I don't, I don't know if it's stuck with the turkey and it's not like i want to go to the library either and like, <laughs> on the be like i would like to get pounded in the butt by a dinosaur riding a motorcycle <laughs>
0: <laughs> they are oh, more God. uh earnest and heartfelt than you think they're going to be is yeah what that's good say. to
2: know that's good to know yeah i think yeah. there had to be something more to them than just these stupid titles they wouldn't just because they wouldn't keep coming out so
0: right Right, exactly. He couldn't mm-hmm. have made
2: it. So. Yeah.
0: Yes. And this one is like a Camp Damascus is like kind of more of a different thing than all the other kind of like romance okay. or erotica novels. It's a different thing. Okay. Yeah. Awesome, it's
1: worth
0: it. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, well, thank you, Patrick, so
1: much for joining us today and for suggesting this movie. Because honestly, this was so not on our radar that I don't know if we would have ever covered it if not for you. So thank that's you. That's what
2: for I'm here for. But the old queen is for, <laughs> to give you nuggets from the past.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. And thank you, Matilda, for coming in and saving the day Yay. and being here. I really appreciate yeah, thank it. Thank you for having me.
2: This is a pleasure. Thank you, Ariel. Thank you. Matilda.
1: Awesome. All right, listeners. Thank so you so much. that's gonna do it for us. Bye, everybody.
2: Good night, everybody. Bye. Stay out of the woods. <laughs> Good Watch advice. Up. Beware of Steve.
0: <laughs> Beware of weird shirtless men with nipple God. piercings. Now I want to know who, like, whose job it was to go, like, fish for Steve out in front of the Walmart. Right. Like, which actress...
2: <laughs> oh the home it was the home depot i'm sorry it was the home depot i know you can pick up labor at the home depot but oh did, yeah like, how did that go down was it just out there with a sign like we'll act for cash yeah do you just like go up to
1: random people and hope that they'll say yes to hey them? i'm I an actor know.
2: yeah i don't know yeah who knows i don't know who knows
0: yeah but i have a hard sorry. boundary
2: that i will not wear a shirt it's up to us. <laughs> will take that ticket to regret grave. Good for her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks to everyone for listening. And thanks to my co-host, Ariel, who's always willing to come on here and geek out about horror with me. And finally, thanks to the women who make the horror films we love so much. Production of this episode was done by yours truly. Editing was done by Ariel Missman rucker And our theme song, More Deadly, was by Elizabeth Kyle and Eric Moore.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to more deadly after dark what does Rachel always say damn it oh I'm so bad at this uh I think it's after dark right
0: well our patrons will correct me
1: (laughs) it always is but she has like a clever opening anyways hello everyone welcome to the extended episode Matilda and I today are kind of winging it. We're going to be talking about some horror headlines and movies we have seen recently. So first Mm -hmm. of all, Matilda was just telling me that she got the chance to see Cobweb, which I watched when it first came out too, and it is so good. But you just told me a very surprising fact about this movie. Do you care to share?
0: (laughs) Yes, I didn't know this either, but I was on um, Bloody Good Horror talking about it yesterday. And the writer of this movie cobweb um who is named chris thomas delvin has written two things in the two movies both in the last two years he wrote cobweb this year last year texas chainsaw massacre 2022
1: so i am in my mind by that fact i am so surprised because i really disliked 99 of the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the oh, only yeah. things I really liked about it were things that weren't necessarily probably written into the script as much like it wasn't the dialogue or the themes that I appreciated in that movie it was some of the gore you know the broken mm-hmm. arm the chainsaw in the sun that bust scene I mean I suppose that was probably in the script but like it's just crazy to me because that movie was so bad in so many ways and I disliked it so much in comparison to the original, especially. But Cobwebs was
0: really good, right? Yes. Cobweb was so good. And this had, le- and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, was a bummer. Yeah. I mean, I remember we did, like, a group watch of it. And it yes. was such a bummer. And, like, <laughs> politically it was a bummer. There were some, oh, there were some things that really fell flat. It underutilized the main character, in a way. Right, the, exactly. Um, who was in eighth grade, whose name I'm not remembering, but who's incredible. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Cobweb was incredible. I was saying yesterday, it's kind of it. I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I ended up liking it. And even Mm -hmm. after I watched it, I was like, okay, like that was better than expected and way creepier than expected. But then it was the first thing in a long time that like really kind of scared me. It really kind of creeped me out that night. It really kind of messed with my sleep. That's exciting. (laughs) Like how hard you have to work to see things in that movie because it's. Very poorly yeah. lit. Yes. I feel like I was doing that in the dark. And granted, oh, no. recently, yeah. I had an experience in the dark in my house. Maybe <laughs> I'm just figuring this out now as we touch on uh-huh. it. That yeah. Maybe the reason why this was effective for me about a kid straining to see something in the dark is I had an experience that you know about. That I talked about <laughs> <laughs> in Discord where um, I thought I was having a paranormal experience. <laughs> First, you I thought, thought my gl- something was wrong with my glasses. Yeah, I kept uh-huh. turning off the light, and I would see something in the dark, and then I would take my glasses oh, off and so be like, freaky. "These glasses are smudgy." And then there was one time where I heard something. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, yeah. And Andrew that was at town, out so too. I was like, <gasps> "Yeah." No. And then a co- and then I felt something go by me, and then a cold wind came over me.
1: Oh geez, and I was
0: like, "Well, that's it. This is who I am now. Like, I'm the person who's having a <laughs> ghost experience. I'm mean, gonna have to tell people this. This is gonna be a little embarrassing, for, you know? Like, I, I didn't think it would take this turn at uh-huh. my age, right? And I turned on the light, and there was a fucking bat flying around the house that, that had been so there for crazy. a couple days. Yeah, geez, yeah, that's so, ma- so
1: wild that you had just been like living with a bat in your house and didn't know.
0: Crazy. I know. And we are like a bat positive house. I had just got Andrew uh-huh. a bat house for Christmas. Oh, nice! Clearly they were not like using a, it. <laughs> they were not because we haven't hung it up. It like looks like a okay. little like Dracula castle, and it yeah. Oh um, nice. Yeah, like it's a it's a legitimate bat house, but it's a little spooky looking. Um, and we got some bat attract spray, which was still in its box, so it's not like the oh bat I didn't know the that was a thing. Spray. Yeah, so what the hell was it doing in your home? <laughs> I guess, from what I read, they can either follow you inside, okay. like chasing a moth or a mosquito. Oh, gotcha. That makes or sense. Or sometimes they can like come down the chimney, and they can get three quarters of an inch narrow, mm-hmm. and then fly wow. out of the chimney. So it could have, but it, it had been there for, I, I'd been having these experiences for a couple days, so you very kindly... Messaged me on the side and we're like, you gotta (laughs) tell your doctor. They can scratch you or bite you in the night and you won't know. So it doesn't appear we haven't found any bat droppings in the room where I slept. So it doesn't look like as long as it's not in the room where I slept. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good.
1: Because like, who wants to go get a bunch of shots? Yes. That's a relief.
0: (laughs) Yes, so I got totally off track here. (laughs) No, but I'm now putting together. This is why it was so The fact that you
1: kept having these experiences and were like living with it inside your house is wild. That's crazy.